It's time to lock in. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, exciting, thrilling finish. Live from Mobile, Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP presents 99 yards away. Win this game for one another. The final drive with Corey LaBounty and Nick Wiggins. Do your job and play together. The final drive. Live on 105.5 FM and streaming on the Sound of Mobile app. I cannot believe it! Welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Final Drive here on WNSP 105.5. Corey LeBounty joined by my partner Nick Wiggins this scorching hot Wednesday afternoon. Not as hot as it's been the last couple of days, but what continues to remain hot is the Sound of Mobile app. Of course, you can download any any Android or Apple device you may have. That Sound of Mobile app is where you definitely want to download it, too. And, of course, tomorrow, folks, it's going down. WNSP's 30th anniversary fall football party at Heroes on Hillcrest, where you can go ahead and register to win a 65-inch smart television from Bailey's TV and Mattress or that 360-degree leather recliner from Barrow Fine Furniture. You don't want to miss out on that opportunity to hang out with us, win those two prizes on top of T-shirts, giveaways, special guests. Nick Wiggins can't wait for tomorrow at Heroes on Hillcrest. Got some great special guests lined up, too, people. I mean... We're talking NFL Hall of Fame-type talent, right? Robert Brazil's coming out. We're talking uh, senior bowl talent. We got Jim Nagy. We got uh, Richie Riley, South Alabama men's basketball coach. We got some South Alabama football players who are going to come through as well. It's going to be a party, man. You don't want to miss it. And, look, we can't qualify to win the chair or the TV, so or neither can Brazil or any of our special guests. So it can only go to one of our listeners. So you got to come out and be that lucky person. You definitely want to be in the place tomorrow that's Heroes on Hillcrest, located next to the University of South Alabama. Looking forward to being and doing the show from there. Tomorrow, of course, right after we finish up at 6 o'clock, the fun continues from 6 to 7 as we have the prep spotlight. The premiere. Yes, with Brian Gennard and Pigskin Pete. High school football, a little less than a week away from what they consider week zero. I still love to call it week one and not week zero, but... Again, high school football scrimmages and jamborees happening on Friday night as well. So football is upon us. And, of course, Nick, with football being upon us, we know that we get a chance to hear from Nick Saban probably two or three times a week at the football podium. And all summer long, really since the spring game ended and concluded, we had a chance to to ask Nick Saban, about who's going to be the starting quarterback. Who's And he's probably heard that, wakes up hearing it in his sleep. But right. I know as we look at today's show, before we do hear from Nick Saban and the quarterback battle, man, Andy Burcham, the voice of the Auburn Tigers, scheduled to join us right around 4 o'clock at 4.30. Andrew Spivey, Gators Country, will break down what's going on in Gainesville with those black on black uniforms look man I'm excited about tomorrow but I'm just about as excited as our for that as I am our special guest today 
Today? And look, here, I'm going to give you guys some hints on who it is. Let's see if you can guess. He plays for the Carolina Panthers. He's a former Alabama player. Check. All right, we're narrowing it down. He's the first guy that touches the ball on offense. Check. And his name starts with a B. Check. I know you guys got the, the I know we all have the same name in our head right now, right, Corey? Absolutely. All right, let him know who it is. Bradley Bozeman. That's right. The center for the Carolina Panthers, former Alabama Crimson Tide football player Bradley Bozeman is expected to join us uh, here in the back half of this hour. Uh, we're excited to talk with him because he was also a part of that Hard Knocks episode that just came out. So we'll get into a bunch of stuff with him. Absolutely looking forward to hearing from Bradley Bozeman. You want to tune in in between that 3.30 and 4 o'clock hour. He'll be calling in here to Nick Wiggins. So we're really on Bradley Bozeman time as far as hearing from him. But what an honor to be joined by an NFL player who's currently in camp and taking time out of his schedule right. to talk with us here on the final drive on WNSP 105.5. Now, his former college coach, again, Nick Saban, demands excellence. And you know, I, I think what's frustrating to Coach Saban at times is when he doesn't have that player in a position that he knows should be ready. And, of course, that position for Alabama and Auburn, really, but more so now when we heard from Nick Saban yesterday in his press conference speaking on what it's going to take to win the quarterback battle. Uh, regarding the quarterbacks, do coaches kind of provide some off-the-field evaluation on if the quarterbacks are kind of living up to the leadership habits and communication you guys want from a starter in that role? You know, what I tell the quarterbacks is it's not up to the coaches. You're looking over your shoulder to see if the coach is going to do this or that. How about you forcing me to play? Forcing me to play you. Force us to play you. When you get your reps and you get a chance to play, you play so good, we, we don't have any choice but to play you rather than worrying about all this other stuff. So that's the only way I can answer your question. Nick, I've never heard Nick Saban, and sometimes he, he becomes repetitive in yeah. some of his analogies on what he says, but I've never heard him in his tenure as head coach at Alabama say, force us to play you, force us as coaches to go ahead and put you in the game. Now, I don't know if that's a good sign or a bad sign coming out of Alabama's offensive huddle as far as wanting to have the coaches force a player into that starting role, right? So I, I don't know. I like the mentality. I like what Nick Saban is saying. Like, force, force us to play you. Like, you're so good. You do everything so right. You're such a great leader. We can't not play you. Um, but, you know, there's also the negative to that. As much as I like that perspective, is someone – not it, up to this point it's like no one is meeting that uh requirement apparently no one's saying all right man we really just got to start this guy he's the guy so that's gotta have Alabama fans a little shaky right I mean Corey how are we feeling about that I know this much when, when coach Saban says look we're looking for somebody to grab the bull by the horns look we're we're, we're looking for someone to force us to play them that's a sense of urgency and I know that Sometimes when you open up in the past, you've opened up with teams like Clemson and 
You've opened up with teams like Duke. When you open up against a team like Middle Tennessee State, not to take anything away from them, right? Sure. But what you do have to understand is it's not one of those kickoff classics like Florida State and LSU. You don't have that zinger of a matchup in the first week for Alabama. And I'm not saying it's going to be a cream puff or a marshmallow in Middle Tennessee because they're going to give you all they can handle. And and every now and then, what, what do they have to lose? Absolutely nothing. Right. So I think that Alabama here, as the window continue to shrink within this next three weeks, that's when you start seeing the depth chart. Now, I think what's going to make Nick Saban, when he does come out with his game depth chart on game day, because he's not going to come up out with it before then. And the media is not allowed in practice. So all you can do is speculate about it. So I, I think that you definitely want to put yourself, if you're a quarterback, you heard what Nick Saban told the media. Look, he's telling you guys every single practice, someone step up and do things to where as a coaching staff, we have no choice but to go ahead and name you. And I right. guarantee there was no question coming into the last couple of years, Bryce Young was the guy. There was no question about Correct. the quarterback position for Nick Saban. There was no question when you had Jalen and Tua or Mac. you knew Mac was the guy. You knew Bryce was going to come in and learn from Mac. Same thing with Jalen and Tua. You had that benefit of having those future NFL guys that on lock. your roster. And no, do I think Alabama, do I think Alabama, does Alabama have a future NFL quarterback on their roster right now? I don't think so. I think Julian Sayan in class of 2024 is ultimately that savior, just like Bryce Young. Well, and even Bryce, when he came in, yes, he had to sit behind Mac Jones, but how did that help Bryce? Because now right. he was ready by his redshirt freshman year. He was ready by his redshirt sophomore year. He was ready his junior. He was already prepared by learning from. When Julian Sayan hits campus in January, if he goes ahead and signs with the Crimson Tide as expected, who's he going to be learning from? That's and right. that's one of the things that Nick Saban talked about in his press conference as well, about guys having a leadership role and people following behind that leader and that alpha dog to where if you have all alpha dogs, everybody's learning from each other right. and getting better every day. But you can't have anyone slacking. And there are young men who come on the campus who are looking to the older guys for experience. I know Caleb Downs, he's going to be, if he stays healthy, he's a future first-round NFL draft pick from a defensive back position. He has to wait his turn, but look who he's learning from, Kool-Aid McKinstry. You know Caleb Downs is looking up to Kool-Aid McKinstry. And that's the type of mentor that you want who shows up early, who works late, who doesn't quit, who's a vocal leader, Alabama needs that from the quarterback position, right. and I it, think that's the what Nick Saban preached. It's it's iron sharpening iron, right? Even Kool-Aid at SEC Media Day said that he was able to get as good as he is now because of the wide receiver talent that he had to stick in practice. Um, we got a user in the app saying something, you know, pretty spot on. Uh, a quote from Shane Battier, one of my favorite NBA role players, by the way, says, I don't complain about playing time. My job is to play so well, the coach can't sit me. I mean, that's exactly what Nick Saban is looking for out of, you know, everyone on the roster, really, but specifically the quarterback because 
We still don't know who that guy is. No, you you don't. And that's what's scary about if you're an Alabama Crimson Tide fan because people are, are doubting Jalen Milrow because he's actually put product out there on the field. Tyler Buckner, all right, so you look at his game that he played in his bowl game that he played, yeah, but that's Notre Dame playing who? South Carolina. So well, and, and you got to feel shaky, too, because, like, week one is Middle Tennessee. Week two is Texas. Now, all of a sudden, we got to figure out what we're doing because this is going to be a big game. We're not talking a, a Jim Harbaugh first four games where you can really just play around and, f- and figure it out. You got one week, one week to get all your ducks in a row or else you're going to start that season 1-1, and we already know how tight that college football playoff race can get. They might already be, you know, out of it that early on if they can't figure it out quick. I I think your room for error, if you're Alabama, your room for error is early. If for some reason you do lose to Texas, that is the, the one of the only games that you can get a grace period on because Texas, you're you're expected to win the Big Big Twelve. You're expected to go ahead and and be a contender. And I, I just know that. In the past, a lot of Alabama fans easily, you can be spoiled easily when you have Tua, when you have Jalen, when you have Mac, when you have Bryce, and now all of a sudden you're looking for that next-level quarterback because take Jake Coker was a winner, a national championship winner. And what stood out about Jake Coker was his leadership abilities. What stood out? with A.J. McCarron McCarron was his leadership abilities. And it wasn't necessarily the fact that they could master a two-minute drive to go ahead and beat LSU on the road. They didn't have necessarily the tightest spiral or anything like that. No, weren't weren't throwing for 375, 400 yards against SEC opponents. But again, had that leadership, had the respect – and put in the work every single day that allowed them to become national champions. And in A.J. McCarron's case, multiple national championships. So we'll see how it all shakes out. Nick Saban, he he not only talked about the quarterback battle and wanting to have a definitive standout, he also talked about something that you and I jokingly we got like some gripes. A little lightheartedness. We have some gripes <laughs> with Coach Saban. We'll yeah. let you know of what those are on the other side of this break here on the final drive on WNSP 105.5. My name is David Palmer, and I'm on WNFC 105.5. Welcome back to the final drive with myself and the best host in Mobile and Baldwin County, Corey LaBounty. Look, it's no secret that we both, me, I think I may have got a little more flack from what I did at SEC Media Days, but we both had some questions for Nick Saban that we were able to ask that weren't necessarily football-oriented. 
You can find Corey's question if you just search Nick Saban VR question. You can find mine under a couple different search topics. It could either be under Nick Saban hype playlist or stupid reporter asks Nick Saban world's dumbest question. I've been tagged in both videos. But, <laughs> Corey, you and I both have a bone to pick with Nick Saban based off, what was this, SEC Network clip, right? Yeah, Marty and McGee. You know, I think that Marty McGee in that setting that they had Nick Saban in, in Bristol, in their studios, Nick Saban still suit and tied up, but the questions that were asked were not football related to yep. to see what Nick Saban was going to say. And Marty and McGee fired away at Nick Saban. And here's one of the questions that they asked Nick Saban. If, you, uh, if it's karaoke night, at the Saban house, and it, it might have been. I don't know if you do karaoke or not. What's your go-to karaoke song? I don't karaoke. I dance. Yeah. So you keep it shuffle. You got that thing down. I got it down. I mean, you, <laughs> you, you wobble, Cuban shuffle, and wobble. You you can rock the wobble. Yeah. All the wedding reception dances, you got them. You got them down. I got them down. But when I was growing up in West Virginia, there was three things that we could do. All right, we went to the river. We had a bridge off of every railroad trussle. There was one movie theater, and it had showed the same movie for a month. And every other Saturday, they took the fire trucks out of the fire department, and we had a dance. Well, if you couldn't dance, you couldn't get a date. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I learned early. This is the, this is the way of the world. Now, that's All I'm saying is Nick Saban knows how to wobble. He knows how to Cupid shuffle. The man can teach me how to Dougie. But he doesn't know what a playlist is. No. Looking I, at me like I'm that. crazy. I, I, I'm not buying that. He definitely has a playlist at his house. Now, game day, what's on a Nick Saban game day? I know he's heard probably the Cupid Shuffle or the Wobble played over the Bryant-Denny Stadium loudspeakers. But at the same time, Nick Saban says, I dance. I, I dance. And we've seen it. I know Sterling Dixon Jr., his, his family, when they were on their official recruiting visit, you got a chance to see it. He's mastered it. He uh -huh. knows how to do it. And if he doesn't, I think it goes back to, to what we were talking with earlier in the week with another guest that we had last week, Rick Neuheisel, when he would learn who Little Jeezy was or Little Wayne, sure. the newest song. He, like, he would ask one of his players, who, who's that playing? And they would tell him, and then he would walk up to the next player and be like, man, do you like that that nice little Lil Wayne song that just, uh -huh. you know, and, and it makes him look like he NBA knows. Young boy. Yes, <laughs> you, you know what's going on. But for Nick Saban to sit and, and, and give you the face like, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know what it, what, what What's the question about? I don't you're, understand you're, what you're I, asking. I don't understand me. what you're asking. He come didn't on, stutter man. or didn't come across not knowing what the wobble or the Cupid shuffle was or line dancing. He, Nick Saban said, I dance. And Nick, look, Nick Saban can do the stanky leg, but he ain't listening to any music, man. I, you know that he, he is. And I mean, it's just a way to get in with the parents because parents love to line dance. Parents, it, it, that song is played at every wedding that, that I've been to here within the last five to seven years, the wobble and the Cupid shuffle for sure. Other people call it the bus stop back in the day. So he he's doing all those, and he knows 
the terminology for those songs. He knows what they're called. He knows to put them on for the parents and the players because they love to see Nick Saban go ahead and do his line dance too. But like you said, man, he learned early, Nick, that if he wanted to get a date, right. he had to be able to dance. Being it sounds like Nick Saban grew up in kind of like a footloose type town. Like they're just dancing and hanging out by the river. He, At least they didn't ban dancing in his town, though. So <laughs> they did no worries. They they did not they did not ban dancing at all. So if if you are Nick Saban and you're being recruited, and his parents come in and they ask you to do the Cupid Shuffle or ask you to do the Wobble or there's any the Stanky Leg or if there's any sure. other dances that Nick Saban needs to learn, someone in the app says not just uh just not on game day. Yeah. So, so he's. I should have said, "Hey, what do you? What music are you listening to? Uh, Monday through Sunday, except Saturday." <laughs> and then he'd be like, "Oh, I yeah. can give you five <laughs> songs. Like, come on, Nick, give me, give me, give me, give me a break here." Right, and, and the fact that you know, with the VR and the virtual reality, I, I still say, you know, his daughter recording that on Father's Day w w was pretty good because it's something that all the recruits are into in gaming. In their spare time, there's a lot of people not only are on Madden but on other games as you ever, well. You ever put the Oculus headset on before? I have not tried I, on the I Oculus headset. Now, I own now, one. I, I can mean, let you does play it, it. Does it put you in the game? It does. Well, I don't have – now, they have like a Madden game that I hear is pretty fun. Um, I don't have that. I have Resident Evil. <laughs> so if you want to like fight zombies and stuff, you can. I haven't played it in a while, though. Um but, I mean, it's it's an experience that I think everyone should do at least once. I love the little fail videos that sometimes you'll see on Instagram or Twitter where they'll put it on their parents and they'll forget that they're in real life and they'll just, like, jump into the TV or, like, run right into the wall. Uh, but ho hopefully, if you were to try it out, Corey, uh, you would not suffer that same fate. I would try and uh, set up some barriers for you or something. Well, I, I would definitely try it out because I, I'm down for any type of virtual reality video game or any video game in general. Now, I, I know you and I, when we were at SEC Media Days, I let you know my, my video game console of choice is the PlayStation. Yeah. So so I'm a PlayStation guy. And my fingers are configured to be able sure. to go ahead and circle, square, X, and triangle, right? Yeah, R1, yeah. R2. That's right. That, that's that's where my fingers are programmed for, not necessarily the Xbox. And I know the Xbox being the game of that's your choice. That's my console. That's that, right. That, that X button is uh, shifted over. So if you're playing Madden, you know, all of a sudden you're thinking you're throwing <laughs> it to, you know, uh, Jamar Chase deep and you're dumping it off to your tight end low and throw a pick or something. But, uh yeah, man. I, I used to have a PlayStation 2 back in the day, though. Yeah, but. that that's something, again, you know, let us know. What, what is it? Is your, your console of choice, is it the Xbox? Is it the PlayStation? Which one are you more comfortable playing? Some in? people got that Nintendo Switch now. The, the Nintendo like Switch is Mario still Kart on, too. Or something. I, I never really was outside of the Super Nintendo, that the Nintendo GameCube. They lost me on that one uh but as far as you know my all-time favorite I'm, I'm gonna go back to two buttons a and b give me the a and b button and you can't sure. go wrong for sure the final drive here on wnsp 105.5 wednesday edition we'll be right back
This is TJ Mosley, inside linebacker, and you listen to the Sports Station, WNSP 105.5. And we are back on the final drive. Myself, Nick Wiggins, and my guy right here, Corey LeBounty. And guys, it happened. He's here. Our special guest, the guy that we were teasing all the way up to this point. Uh, I think he's heading back from practice right now and was gracious enough to get us some time. Uh, really grateful to him and his wife, Nikki. Uh, we got Carolina Panthers center Bradley Bozeman with us. Bradley, how you doing, man? What up, y'all? Man, absolutely blessed by the best. And I tell you this, Bradley, being a, a, a good guy from Roanoke, Alabama, brother, you, you, you love the outdoors. But has in your lifetime it ever been this hot while you're playing football? Absolutely. You know, growing up in Alabama, those those hot days. Uh, I remember high school ball, JV ball. I mean, all the way through. It's I don't I don't feel like the the heat is going anywhere. So you're you're, you're like uh, uh, in that Batman movie where they're like, you know, the darkness. I was born in it. Like this heat's nothing to you. You know, you've been handling it your whole life. Pretty, pretty much, that's what it is. You know, it's uh, I grew up in it. You know, I worked uh, with my dad in HVAC. Uh, an air conditioning business, under houses, in attics, you know, all that kind of stuff all growing up. So, um, you know, it's just kind of one of those things. You just deal with it and move on. It's ironic that the people who work on the air conditioning units are probably the ones that sweat the most. Uh, Br Bradley, tell us a little bit about your foundation, man. Bradley Nikki Bozeman Foundation, uh, and right now we're specializing in food insecurity. Uh, in the last two years, we've done about million meals. Uh, it's been an amazing project. Uh, we actually do what's called it's called a Sink Snack Box. Sink stands for supporting your neighbors and communities. And those food boxes are packed with the Oreos and ravioli and Nutri-Grain bars and um, you know, gummy bears, all kind of different stuff for kids to eat. Um, and they're, the boxes are QR codes uh, for school resources, for after-school programs, for uh, further food insecurity um and different things like that. Um, and then those boxes are packed and put in the back of squad cars, and the police officers actually distribute those to the these, uh, making sure kids have, have you know, at least a, a good meal and all that kind of stuff. And also at the same time, that allows them to create an olive branch with those kids and, you know, be able to offer them something without asking for anything in return, you know, on, online and in social media, all you see is, you know, cops are bad guys, cops are this, this, that, and the other. And it's an opportunity for, for the police officers to really be able to to reach out and show us, like, it's not, like, we're not the bad guys. We're here to protect and serve. So um, it, it's been an outstanding program for us. We're speaking with Bradley Bozeman, center for the Carolina Panthers. And, of course, Bradley and his wife, Nikki, give back to the community, have done so in their time at Baltimore, traveled the country in their RV, giving back. Of course, Bradley being a former team captain for the 2018 National Championship, University of Alabama Crimson Tide. And when you have an opportunity to give back, Bradley, when you see the smiles on the kids' faces, whether it's in Baltimore or Carolina currently, I know your wife, a former University of Alabama basketball player as well. But going out and serving the community, whether it's Habitat for Humanity, whether it's the anti-bullying campaign, what made you say, look, 
I really want to serve. I know my wife wants to be a servant. I just want to give back to the communities. We've just been given such a huge platform, you know, just such such on a national scale and to be able to go into these communities to go and help kids and people that are that are in need is just something that we're really passionate about. Started actually in Alabama and we were asked to send a video to this little girl that was getting bullied. Um, little girl was, you know, I mean, she, she'd be everything that I would want my daughter to be. You know, she was smart, she was athletic. Um, you know, she she was just everything you would you would want your kid to be, and uh, the only thing that was different about her was her race, and she was being bullied because of that. Um, so you said we said you know what we'll come down there we'll talk we'll talk to the kids and the girl getting bullied and, and um, we'll see you know see what we can talk some sense and um, help some kids out and then we get there and my wife out and he says hey I hope you don't mind we set up an entire school assembly um, and I'm at the time not a social anything like that and uh so i'm i'm sitting there shaking my head no and my wife said sitting over there saying yeah we'll do it. we'd love to do it and uh the you know the work we got in there and the work started flowing the motion started ro rolling and we uh we got back to the car and it's like this is what we're supposed to do we're supposed to help people we're supposed to you know love on people and you know help them along their journeys because we've give, been given such a blessed hand uh in this life and so that that's really how we got our start um, you know, our, our parents are very philanthropic people as well, and I always love to help any way they can. So I think we both got, got our roots from that. Bradley is the starting center for the Carolina Panthers. It's no secret, especially around here. Y'all got y'all's new quarterback of the future, another Alabama alum like yourself, Bryce Young. What has that been like having him uh, in the huddle with you? Right. You know, Bryce is a, a very intelligent guy great quarterback he's got a great arm he's number one draft pick and he's that he's that way for a reason so um, it's gonna be an exciting year this year for sure Bradley we're located here in Mobile Alabama of course you frequent in Mobile Alabama during a very pivotal part in your draft process the Reese's Senior Bowl I know that was back in 2018 but talk a little bit about your time here and being a part of the Reese's Senior Bowl and how it helped you prepare for your NFL drafting by the Baltimore Ravens. Invite to the Senior Bowl. That was that was a big step. That was a, a big wish list for us. But you know, we're we're really excited about it because that's it's real football. You know, it's it's not you're not in your pajamas running around. You know, seeing how fast you can run. You're actually playing football. You come down there. You know, it was, it was a great time. You just show up in front of some coaches. You know, I, I had a, a, a great experience and a you know. I, really showed what kind of player I was and not not just, you know, the Alabama system guy that I'm, I'm an actual football player. So I, I think it was great for my recruitment. I've stock and, you know, it was, it was a great time down there. So you guys were doing uh, dual practices last week, right, uh, with the New York Jets. And some people are saying the New York Jets, they might have the best defensive line in football. What did you guys and the rest of the offensive line learn from going up against talent like that throughout the week? We, I feel like in practice, we really got after them. It was a, it was a good, good competitive battles back and forth. And unfortunately we didn't, we didn't play so hot when it came to the game and, you know, we got some things to fix and, and correct. And, uh, you know, we're, we're looking forward to doing that. Man, so. 
So there's there's one guy that you didn't block though when Aaron Rodgers came over and was uh, harassing and bullying your offensive line coach. What was that all about? <laughs> Aaron and Aaron and uh, Coach Camp go way back. They're with him there, and they I think they're buddies. So they got some some uh, came back in there. They just messing around. So. I have, do have a question for you because, again, when you're looking for that soulmate and you found your soulmate and your wife, Nikki, and you guys have so much of the same mentality in regards to giving back and making things better for the youth, which one was scarier for you, playing in the national championship game third and 26 or getting on that knee afterwards and proposing to her? Which one was more scarier to you? I was pretty confident in both of them, to be honest there with you. you. Uh, if, if if I wasn't, I would. I don't think I would have been there. But uh, it was definitely it was that was such a cool moment. It was we go from you know we win the national championship, and I I hadn't told anybody at that point that I was what I was going to do besides the person who was holding the ring, and then our head athletic trainer Jeff Jeff and. It was such a such a cool moment. It happened so fast, and right at the end, I told all my guys that this is what I'm about to do, and they're all over there. So it was a cool moment there. Well, Bradley, also, I have a question for you in regards to becoming a father because becoming a father changes your life and changes your mentality. I know our very own Triple G, Nick Wiggins, who who called you on the other side of the phone, he's getting ready to become a father right. himself for the first time. And becoming a first-time father and going back to Father's Day, the very special, heartfelt Father's Day gift that you received. I know it was near and dear to you, and the difference, talk to us about the difference becoming a father has made in your life. It's, it's kind of it's crazy. You didn't think you would, you could really love someone that much and, and care for them, and, you know, it's just, it's crazy. I'm, I'm racing on now to get back to him to be able to, be able to hang out with him. So, um, you know, it, it's just something special, and you can't really describe it to someone in words. It's just, it's a feeling, and it's uh, just, it's something, it's something that was missing out of your life that you didn't know was missing. Um, and just, I mean, there you wake up in the morning with a smile. You could have the worst day ever, and come home in the afternoon, and you just do nothing but smile and, and look and play. And um, you know, it's just, it's really, really something special. You got okay. So, like Corey said, I got one on the way. We got a due date uh, here at the back end of October. You got any advice for me, man? Get some good sleep. Okay. Uh, <laughs> get some good sleep now for sure. Uh, you know, grind it out the first you know month, two months, whatever it is for you, and then hopefully things start start to get a, a little bit easier as you progress and figure it out. So, one of the things there's no no wrong way to do it. It, it, absolutely no wrong way to, to get that extra sleep. Bradley Bozeman, our guest this afternoon here on the final drive. Bradley being kind enough with his time, coming off of Carolina Panthers practice this afternoon. And Bradley, I, I know, what do you do outside of your foundation and, and playing with your son to take your mind away from football? Because, again, here it is. Football is just getting ready to start, and hopefully you guys will will make a long run and a long push through a long NFL season. But what occupies your time mentally and physically to keep your mind right and keep your mind sane? So, really, I, I spend a lot of time with my family. 
Um, I'm a big family man. I love having my family in town for games or whatever it is. Um, and then, you know, getting out on the boat, going fishing, um, hunting anytime, any excuse I have to get in the outdoors, I, I take it. So, um, but yeah, I, I definitely say mostly with my family. I know my, my wife plays a huge role in my, my mental aspect of the game and just, uh, just keeping me sane during the season. So, uh, so yeah. Well, look, so, you know, this is obviously we're in Mobile, Alabama. This is Alabama football country right here. Do you have any uh, maybe unheard, untold Nick Saban story that you can share with everybody? Um, untold. I don't have one right off the, the cusp, but, uh, but I just I know he was he was a great my life and great. Great teacher, great leader. Um, you know, I definitely wouldn't have wanted to play for anyone else. So, the expectations. It, you know, in Alabama, of course, we don't have that franchise, professional franchise. Alabama and Auburn are our professional franchises when you look at football. But we're getting ready to kick off high school football here in the state of Alabama. A lot of jamborees and scrimmages happening this Friday night, and of course, next Friday week night. starts week number one of high school football. What kind of feelings or emotions did you have running out of that tunnel on Friday nights and what advice would you give to the student athletes here that are listening in the Mobile Baldwin County areas about their high school football career and how to enjoy it no other experience like it yeah that, that sounds cliche but um, you know you're, you're not you'll never be in a, a place in your life where you're playing with all your friends uh, a place where you know everyone around you that you knew where they grew up, where they came from, you know who they were, who they were really, um, and you know you you just don't you don't get that kind of personal relationship with all your teammates like that. So my biggest thing is soak it in, enjoy it, out at it, and just make some memories with your friends that you'll you'll never forget. I mean, some of, some of my favorite memories are from high school football. You, just, you never forget that, and you always hang on to that. You know, football football doesn't last forever, so make something while you, while you can. Well, Bradley, we can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule, but we want everyone to know again through – the Bradley and Nikki Foundation, you, you have the Bozeman Foundation that you have with your wife that's so very important to you and to so many others. If, if people want to know more about it, because we have plenty of Alabama Crimson Tide fans here, of football fans here. Panthers fans Panthers now. Panthers fans now as well that would love to give back and pour in to your foundation and learn more about that. How can people learn more about your foundation? us anywhere on social media at uh, bozemanfoundation.com or sorry on on social media is uh, but if you want to google us online it's bozemancharity.com and that brings you straight to our site it has all of our information all the donate links all the upcoming uh, projects that we're working on all the things we've done in the past pictures uh, stories testimonies it, 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 they've done a really good job with the site um, and it, it's, you know, it's something you definitely should check out. So it's bozemancharity.com. All right, Bradley, man, we really appreciate the time. And, look, don't speed home, but get there quick, all right? Appreciate you guys having me. Thanks, man. Bradley, thank you so much. Bradley Bozeman joining us this afternoon here on the final drive, the starting center for the Carolina Panthers. And, of course, unfortunately, 
they weren't able to produce any points against the Jets in their first preseason game. But I tell you what, they do have a tremendous quarterback and a tremendous center with a That's very right. given heart. There, there, there's some questions on that offensive line, but no one is questioning the center. They just re-upped him on that new deal. So hopefully they can make something happen. The final drive here on WNSP 105.5 will return right after this. Hi, this is Phil Steele, and you're listening to WNSP 105.5. Welcome back to the final drive here on WNSP 105.5. Corey LeBounty joined by Nick Wiggins and, again, Bradley Bozeman, the starting center for the Carolina Panthers. We just so happened to see him on Hard Knocks last night dealing with his offensive line coach, James Camden. And it was interesting when you asked him a little bit about it, he did kind of say, okay, he knew that they had coached with one another right. of course Rodgers being the player and, and he looks like a coach on the sidelines now because yeah. he hasn't suited up yet but there may be that type of future for him afterwards but Bradley Bozeman one of the good guys in regards to facing down third and 26 and trying to find out which was more nerve-wracking he said look he was confident in both the third right. and the 26, along with getting on a knee afterwards, hey, and and that's why he's in the NFL, man. You gotta have that confidence, man. You gotta you gotta have that type of swagger with you. That's the thing Nick Saban's looking for in some of his guys now. But now nah, Bradley has it for sure. Let, let me ask you this too, Nick. Do you think that it, it, if Alabama loses that game, right, does he still propose to Nikki? Um. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't I, I think that would be odd, I feel. I, he probably would propose to her. It just might not have been at that moment in that venue. Right. Um because again, when he does talk about he and his wife and their foundation that they've created together, the like-mindedness of giving back, being part of the anti-bullying campaign, being part of Habitat for Humanity, whether that's in Baltimore and now carrying that over to Carolina. I mean, this is a couple that lived in an RV. That's right. Not a house, but an RV. By going choice. You know, I, I never really understood that. Like, you know, you see the videos of people living in their vans, and they get to travel, and they trick out their vans all cool. I just want to know, where are they pooping at? <laughs> that's, that's part of when he says, look, I'm a good old country boy. I'm a country boy. And, yeah. and he said, I'm a country boy at, at heart from Roanoke, Alabama. And the fact that he touched a little bit on Friday Night Lights and what that meant to him and how special that is. You know, when, when you start high school football, you'll hear those players say, look, man, my, my greatest time was when I had an opportunity to play high school football. Even the coaches that have retired saying, look, what do I miss most? I miss those Friday Night Lights and the relationships that are gained. And Bradley Bozeman now having spent the four years in Baltimore and a couple years in Carolina, now having an opportunity to, to create new bonds. But I, I think that when you asked him the question about Bryce on what taking giving snaps to Bryce Young means, that there's a huge difference in knowing that you not only are Bama to Bama, but you'll have that connection of, of Bama Phi Bama 
And for the uh, next three years, yeah. they just signed him on that three-year deal. Bryce Young, he's got a rookie contract. He's going to be there. You know, quarterbacks don't really move, right? They sign those giant deals, and they stay where they are. So, um, I don't know, man. Look, do, are the Carolina Panthers going to do anything this year big? No, but they could potentially maybe win, like, six games and show promise for the future. They just can't have Bryce Young taking those type of hits that he nah. took against the Jets. Because, I mean, last night they showed some of those hits in slow motion yeah. that Bryce was taking. And I know some of them were in real time and some of them were in slow motion. No, not not through a 16 or 18 game season and, for Bryce. And so is it like, is that D-line really that good? Or is that offensive line really got that much more work to do? Well, if you're a Dirty Bird or a New Orleans Saints fan, you sure hope so. <laughs> you're hope they're that no, bad. We're excited. <laughs> because you're hungry. But no, Bradley Bozeman can't thank him enough for his time. The final drive, hour number two, coming right up. Andy Burcham, the voice of the Auburn Tigers, scheduled to join us next. The Sound of Mobile presents for the, win. the final drive. No, they didn't. Oh, my gracious. Yep. How about that? With Corey Labounty and Dick Wiggins. For the win. Yes. Live on 105.5 FM and streaming on the Sound of Mobile app. Oh, oh, unbelievable. Welcome to the final drive, second hour of action coming at you. Corey LeBounty joined by Nick Wiggins. And, of course, we want to thank everyone for tuning in here this afternoon to WNSP. And, of course, if you have not downloaded the Sound of Mobile app, you need to make sure that you do so because that's a free download to any Apple or Android device that you have. You can it's correspond the best with us way to app. be a part of the show, right? It, it, it you is. Agree? It's the way to be a part of the show because, again, any questions, comments, concerns, corrections that you may have, you can do them right there on the app. You can call us the old-fashioned way as well, 251-694-1055. And always a privilege to be joined by our next guest, the voice of the Auburn Tigers, Andy Burcham. Andy, I hope you're staying cool, my brother, and all is well. Well, it is well, and it's a little cooler today in Auburn, Here and we're too. grateful for that because it's been hot and humid on the plains of late. It, it really has, but I tell you <laughs> what, Hugh Freeze has turned up the temperature in Auburn for sure from an excitement standpoint, from a fan base standpoint, of course, Auburn's regular season tickets for football are gone. And that's that's the type of excitement that you really love and anticipate. Auburn already has one of the greatest traditions in college football. When you see War Eagle hit the center field logo, it, to me, there's nothing more exciting, to be honest with you, than seeing that live and in person. And I know you have had an opportunity to see it numerous times, but the crowd at Auburn this year really excited that Hugh Freeze is going to cool off the sidelines. <laughs> well, I hope he does cool it off figuratively and literally. Uh, we need a little bit of respite from the heat. But there's no question that, uh, that there's a great deal of excitement surrounding this Auburn football program as it gears up for the 2023 season. And as you, you, you've referenced already, Corey, Auburn's already set a, a record for a number of season tickets sold. Uh, Auburn already has sold out, sold out games 
for Sanford on September 16th, Georgia on September 30th, Ole Miss on the 21st of October, and of course Alabama on the 25th, and they're doing their very best to sell out the rest of the home games, starting with UMass on September 2nd. Absolutely. I know it'll be a new look and a new sound for the Auburn Tigers booth with you this year. I know you have to be excited. I mean, I know here at WNSP and 92 Zoo, we carry the Alabama Crimson Tide games, and we have Eli Gold on. And your 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 good friend, Eli Gold, making his return to the Alabama booth. But I tell you, you'll have not a stranger joining you in Auburn's booth this year. Well, first let me say that, that we echo, I think, what, what everybody believes and are thrilled to see Eli back in the booth uh, after his fight with cancer. I thought Chris Stewart did a terrific job a year ago and look forward to seeing Chris calling Alabama basketball and baseball. But I think we're all thrilled to, to see Eli back in the booth for, for Alabama football this coming season. But as you mentioned, yeah, we, we have a couple changes this year. Uh, after 22 years in the booth, Stan White uh, stepped down after the Iron Bowl game in Tuscaloosa last year. Uh, he has boys that are and, and a daughter that are that are getting older, and he was just he, he wanted to spend more time on Friday nights watching his sons play football at John Carroll High School and watch his daughter play softball growing up. And uh, we we certainly will miss Stan because. He is simply one of the very best out there and was with Jim and he was with Rod and I was fortunate enough to spend the last four years with him in the booth. But with that said, Corey, we're very excited that Jason Campbell, who was the 2004 SEC Player of the Year, the quarterback on Auburn's undefeated team in 2004, will move over from his analyst role as a pregame, halftime, and postgame analyst and he will take over as our color analyst on the Auburn Sports Network, starting with that UMass game on September 2nd. And one more change that we have for you this year, uh, in addition to Ronnie Brown on the sideline, he will see, he will split time on the sideline this year with another member of that 2004 team. And we get some defense uh, on the sideline with Will Herring, former Auburn linebacker, uh, played in the NFL like Ronnie, like Jason. And we look forward to, to Will being a part of our broadcasts uh, throughout this season. So there are some changes for us in this coming football season, but we're very excited about them. Yeah, sounds like you got a lot of exciting stuff coming to the booth uh, out there in Auburn, but we're trying to get excited, right, about this Auburn Tigers football team, and that starts at the quarterback position. I feel like a broken record, right? We had the Alabama guest on. I asked him about quarterback, and here I am asking you about quarterback. <laughs> who, who do you think it's going to be? Did he give you an answer on the Alabama quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> That's a negative, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't give you an answer right now. Uh, Auburn will scrimmage again Saturday, and perhaps we get a clearer picture at this point. All right. But well, I, I think I think the three, and this is no big surprise, are Peyton Thorne, Robbie Ashford, and Holden Gurner. And what Hugh Free said after the scrimmage last Saturday was he. He had had his mind made up until he watched the scrimmage. And then he said he wanted to spend more time with the film. Now, did that mean he was changing his mind about the starter? Or was he changing his mind about the second string or the third string quarterback? I don't know. He will meet with the media tomorrow. 
uh, the first time he has met with the media since opening fall camp a couple weeks ago. So perhaps we get a clearer picture from Coach Freeze tomorrow. Perhaps we get a clearer picture with the scrimmage on Saturday. To tell you definitively, is this guy over that guy? I can't tell you that right now. All right, well, let me ask a better question then. What what would you say is the difference between maybe their styles? Like, if you go with Peyton over Robbie, does that offense look different than if Robbie was the quarterback? I think Peyton brings you more of a passing style offense. That has been his style. Although, watching him in practice, he has the ability to run the football, and I think will surprise people on how well he runs the football. But he threw for over 6,000 yards at Michigan State before transferring to Auburn. We know what Robbie Ashford can do. We saw what Robbie Ashford can do over the last half of last season. And he's, he's the best runner of Auburn's three quarterbacks right now. And he has a very good arm, but has to improve on his passing skills. And then you've got the redshirt freshman in Holman Gurner, who's a terrific passer and, you know, led Benedictine military to a state championship two years ago out of Savannah, Georgia. And they really like the way that he commands the offense. And he may be a little bit of a, a mix of the two. I think, this is a guess, I am not speaking for Coach Breeze or Coach Montgomery, they're two coaches. I think it's coming down to Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford, but that's a guess, strictly a guess, and perhaps we learn more when Coach Freeze speaks to the media tomorrow. Absolutely, and I, I know one of the biggest things that really as a broadcaster, w w when you bleed that orange and blue for Auburn, Last year, the offensive line w was was a little bit of a struggle for Auburn, and that's really where Hugh Freeze's brunt work uh, or grunt work had to come in. And now Auburn has added 10 new offensive linemen during the offseason since the spring game, five out of the transfer portal. Whoever plays quarterback, it's going to be for the guys up front to go ahead and create those holes for Jarquez Hunter and whomever is at quarterback, give them time to throw to the Auburn wide receivers. So I know Coach Jake Thornton has really put emphasis on the offensive line, creating really that rooted system to whatever Coach Freeze wants to do. Auburn can be successful offensively through the offensive line success. It is a revamped offensive line for Auburn. I think Gunnar Britton is the guy at right tackle. He came in from Western Kentucky last year, didn't get a lot of playing time. He was fighting through some injuries and, and that type of thing. Uh, Dylan Wade, I think, has looked really good for Auburn at left tackle, a transfer from Tulsa. You know, the, the middle three, it's, it's a little bit of a guessing game right now. Although I think Avery Jones, a transfer from East Carolina, may be starting to get the nod at center. Cam Stutz is a guy that comes back from a year ago and has been here for his entire career. And we may finally see Cam emerge at one of those guard positions. And then at the other guard, you know, Jeremiah Wright, Tate Johnson, who's battled injuries to both elbows since he's been at Auburn from nearby LaGrange, Georgia. Those two guys are fighting for the spots. But, you know, then you've got newcomers like Tutal Miller, Isabian Miller, and Jaden Muskrat. That, that are getting some playing time. Dylan Senda, the late transfer from Northwestern, I think has surprised folks how well he has come in 
and started to acclimate himself to the system. So I think it's a work in progress, but I think it's an improved offensive line that Auburn will put out there on September 2nd against UMass. It really excited about that, and I know being an Auburn fan, yourself just through and through. I, I have a question for you. What do you think about the blue-on-blue blue practice gear? I, I, I'm, I'm a fan of that, Andy. I really, really like it, brother. Well, I, it certainly is a polarizing issue, isn't it? I think the players like it. I do. I think the players like, the, the especially the blue pants. That's the new part that we've seen out there. There are some fans that, you know, they don't want to see a change in the Auburn uniform. And so it doesn't matter how stylish it is. Uh, some folks just aren't going aren't gonna to like it. Uh, I think the players do like it. And I think the players should have a say what they wear on game day. That will ultimately come down to Hugh Freeze. Uh, I'll be surprised if there's a change in Auburn's game day uniform. Uh, we'll just have to wait. We'll, we'll see. It's but um, it's I, I, do, I do like the look. I like the look of the blue practice pants. Let me say that, and I'll probably catch heat from Auburn folks about that. I know the players like it, that's for certain. And that's what's important, Andy. I think you you made it. We all have our own opinions, right, about tradition because, of course, as soon as Alabama tinkers with any of their uniforms, it's always talked about if Auburn being a traditional school, if they tinkered with it. But, again, you know, with, with conference realignment, NIL, college football is changing, right, and evolving. So the more it changes, the more it stays the same, essentially. And I, I do like the blue on blue. I would love for Auburn, and I've heard from kids, man, if Auburn would come out of those orange metallic lids with the blue AU logo on it, man, all I can say is if you do make that change, just don't lose a game because people are going to be like, see, if I yeah, if they wouldn't cursed. have changed they're it. Cursed. Yeah, it's the curse. You you shouldn't have changed it. But, no, I, I do like the orange metallic lid that, that has been shown on social media at times along with the blue on blue that Auburn's currency currently practicing Corey, in. Corey if, if, if they bring those out they better have defibrillators in the stands <laughs> for that to happen that day let me tell you uh, yeah I, I believe it I, I do believe even if they practice it it's the same thing Andy I, I'm with you that that would definitely rock a lot of worlds uh, but you, you know the great thing about fans too is the fact that that traditions as we're staying on traditions Fans will now be able to go back to Toomer's Corner and roll Toomer's Corner. I think that that is one of the iconic things that you see in college football that I'm so glad that those oak trees that were replanted are strong enough now to hold all that toilet tissue. And we had Tim Brando on yesterday, and Tim Brando says eight wins for Auburn and Hugh Freeze. I say if he gets nine, he's the national coach of the year. But to be able to roll Toomer's Corner for the first time since 2018, I do believe that's a very special thing for the fans to be able to go ahead and participate in. Corey, it certainly is, and they've already done it. They did it when Megan Schofield won the U.S. Amateur Golf Championship <laughs> on Sunday out in Los Angeles. So that was the first rolling of the Tumors Oaks uh, after Auburn gave everyone the okay to do it. So it's already happened, and it happened for a national champion off the Auburn women's golf team. Talking with Andy Burcham here, voice of the Auburn Tigers. I saw this headline on Twitter, and I just want to hear your reaction to it, okay? Jarquez right, Hunter. I'm a, little, I'm, a little, I'm a little scared. Go ahead. <laughs> all right, all right. Jarquez Hunter 
is now the only signee left at Auburn yeah. from the 2021 class. Yeah, Garner Langlo um, left the squad this week, uh, and so that that leaves yeah that leaves Jarquez as the only signee from the 2021 class. Um, and it's it's another reason that that Hugh Freeze, when he was hired in November, immediately went to work to revamp this roster as much as he could, thanks in great measure to the transfer portal. And the question I have is, where would Auburn be right now? without the transfer portal for the 2023 season at this point. Yeah, it's a little bit scary to think of. And, you know, I know a lot of folks are, are, uh, are, are upset about the transfer portal and NIL, and I understand that. But, but ask, you know, ask yourself that question. Where would Auburn be without the ability to quickly revamp this roster? Now, that doesn't mean that Auburn can't go out and, and – sign those four- and five-star high schoolers for 2024 and 2025, and it appears that Auburn is getting those commitments for the first time in a while. But, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's a little bit of a sobering fact, although I, I think we all look forward to watching Jarquez run this season. He's a terrific running back, but the fact that he's the last one from that 21 class that's left is, is a bit sobering. It really is, but but it is, like you said, where would Auburn be without the transfer portal? You, you would definitely be maybe two or three years behind Hugh Freeze's system in, in getting ready to actually call them a contender. Wanted to get your thoughts in our last question about the SEC moving to divisionless football in 2024, the excitement of Oklahoma and Texas coming into the SEC that it's going to generate and the reconfiguration of the entire conferences across the United States. Guys, a decade ago, could we have envisioned what the college landscape is right now with regard to college and conference realignment? I couldn't have. No, sir. I wouldn't have been able to tell you that Oklahoma and Texas would be in the SEC or USC and UCLA would go to the Big Ten along with Oregon and Washington or that Colorado and Arizona and Arizona State and Utah would be going to the to the Big 12. None of this, none of us could have really envisioned this at the point. And and that includes a divisionless football next year in the SEC with Oklahoma and Texas coming into the league. Uh, it will be originally an eight conference season, eight game conference season. That, that's likely to change. I, 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 think, I think that we're looking at a nine-conference game schedule at some point in the near future. That will be worked out by Greg Sankey and the SEC office and probably the folks at ESPN. But, you know, a decade ago, we could, I couldn't have envisioned this. Maybe you guys had the forethought to, to think about these things, but I couldn't have at this point. So we're in a new day and age, NIL transfer portal, all of these teams. I mean, the, 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 the dissolving of the Pac-12, for goodness sakes. Um, where will we be at this time next year? Right, right. Well, Florida, State and, yeah, Florida State and Clemson are still making waves about the ACC. Will we see new teams in the ACC at this time next year? I, I, I can't say that will never happen because I'd have said that 10 years ago, and look where we are right now. 
Well, you remember last year, you know, everyone was saying, rest in peace, Big 12, the Big 12 is done. And now they're saying, hey, there may only be four conferences left, and the Big 12 yeah. is one of them. The, the narrative can just flip-flop well, so quickly. Yeah, I, I think the, the Big 12 perhaps in the last month is the biggest winner in college football because of, of the predictions of where that conference was going. Uh, look, at, look at a UCF right now. All of a sudden, they're in one of the big three in, in college football now. Uh, same for Houston, uh, in, the, in one of the big three for college football now, uh, moving forward. How does it work in the Big Ten with those teams on the, on the West Coast? Yeah, there's enough money to, to, to ferry football teams out there, but what about volleyball teams and soccer teams and baseball and, so and softball teams? going to the West Coast, and vice versa. Those teams from L.A. coming to play at Rutgers. You know, how is that going to work from a financial standpoint, from a schedule standpoint, from an academic standpoint, from goodness, for goodness sakes? I don't know how all that's going to work out at this point. We're about to see, though. Excited about that, and excited about the 2023 Auburn football season approaching us because it's just the beginning, of course, you may mention Will Herring joining the staff there and the broadcast crew along with Jason Campbell. Of course, you always had Ronnie Brown bringing you that, and, and you do such a tremendous job, and your passion for Auburn is unparalleled. And I, I just want to thank you, Andy, for always taking the time out of your schedule to accommodate us here on the final drive and, and being so nice and kind with your time. And, Look forward to, to hearing you on that first call there against UMass and wish you the best of luck this season and really an enjoyable season that goes into 3P from football, right, to basketball, to overlapping baseball. Rinse, wash, and repeat. Let's do it all again. I cannot wait for, uh, for, for this 2023-2024 uh, academic and athletic season coming up. I hope it ends in Omaha, Nebraska next June. There you go. Andy Burcham, <laughs> voice of the Auburn Tigers, joining us this afternoon of the final drive. Stay cool, Andy, and God bless. Guys, take care. Have a great day. War Eagle. Andy Burcham joining us this afternoon here on the final drive. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Ladarius Owens, former Auburn football player and current CFL player. You're listening to WNSP. We are back. It's the final drive with myself, Nick Wiggins, and Corey LaBounty. Corey, we were talking earlier today about that recent Hard Knocks episode, and, you know, it had... Aaron Rodgers and the Jets and them fighting at practice. It even had Bradley Bozeman, our, our guest, in there. But the real thing that we couldn't stop talking about was that first five-minute segment where they had a magician <laughs> come into the Jets' uh, practice facility. And I have not seen any, any magic tricks like that before. That was some scary stuff. Man, he is called Oz Perlman. They call him Oz the Mentalist. Yeah, okay. So, so you know, if you're a mentalist, you, you, you better be damn sure a great magician first, right? So he says he doesn't do normal card tricks. Right. He's mentally thinking for you. Yep. And 
two of the weirdest tricks I have ever seen performed. And when you see the players' reactions in the stands or sitting there at the practice facility as Oz the Mentalist is performing his first magic trick, he goes ahead and calls one of the New York Jets players up. Yeah, Michael Carter, backup running back. He says, look, pick pick a number. I know what number you are, but pick a number you would like to wear. Any right. number. Any number. Any number. And he picked the number. Well, he didn't even pick it first, right? He wrote the number. And then, then he, he said, was thinking. Yeah, he said, think about the number. And then he writes the number out. And then he says, say the number. He says 10. And he wrote the number 10. Like, how is that even possible? What if he would have said 11, right? Like, what if he was like, oh, I was going to say 10, but then I changed my mind. I don't get it. And then the, the really scary one was, so they asked McCall Hardman, and they say, hey, man, look, what's your prediction? He's like, we're going to the Super Bowl. And he's like, okay, who are y'all going to play against? He's like, I don't know. He's like, come on, just make a, make a guess. Uh, the Niners. And he's like, all right, what's the score going to be? He said, we're gonna, I think we're going to win uh, 31-21. Dude flips around a board, and it says Jets versus Niners 31-21. Like, how? There was no pause. No. There was no edit. There was no cut. It was he already had it there. immediately. It was already on the board. The team and the score. I, I have never seen anything. I love David Copperfield growing up. Sure, that's the Tiger guy, right? Man, David Copperfield <laughs> did some crazy stuff, right, and, and was able to – to just amaze you with his tricks but Oz is pretty good man and then he had Aaron Rodgers to squish in his hands and and told him uh what it was what animal was going to be in his hands it was a deck of cards (laughs) going into his hands (laughs) and when he opened his hands that were squished it was a goldfish never seen anything like that I mean magic Mental tricks, whatever you want to call it. It was insane, man. Maybe he'll be able to hypnotize the Jets to actually win the Super Bowl. Did you say the Super Bowl or bust? Based off what he's, based off everything I saw, I'm putting money on the Jets to play the Niners. (laughs) Like, why would that not happen? (laughs) Oz the Mentalist getting his. uh, It's just amazing what he was able to do on Hard Knocks. We'll be right back. Hello, Mobile. This is Damian Craig, and I'm listening to Sports Station WNSP. Welcome back to the final drive here on WNSP 105.5. Make sure you download the Sound of Mobile app. That's a free downloadable app to any Android or Apple device that you may have. You're able to correspond with us here on the app by doing so, and we love to hear from you because, look, there's corrections, there are mistakes, there's interaction that you can give us knowledge that you may have that we may not have. We love to hear from you, and you can only correspond with us by downloading that free Sound of Mobile app to any Android or Apple device that you may have. Don't forget tomorrow, coming up, our 30th anniversary fall football party at Heroes on Hillcrest. We'll have special guests. You'll be able to register to win that man cave. Of course, that 65-inch smart TV along with that leather recliner and both of those prizes being provided by Barrow Fine Furniture along with Bailey's TV and Mattress. So thank you to them. And we want to thank our next guest who's joining us this afternoon. Andrew Spivey joins us, of course. He's from GatorCountry.com. 
plenty of going-ons down in the swamp. And first and foremost, Andrew, welcome to the show. And it's got to be those black-on-black -black Florida Gators uniforms that were unveiled. Hopefully they won't be wearing them in yeah. the beginning of My September gosh. or there'll be some fried Gators out there on the field. You know, I, I get it. Everybody loves, you know, the jerseys. And it's great for, for the money, for the schools. But I, I just like the traditional orange and blue. I, I don't know why. But where did black come in with the Gators? It just has nothing to do with the Florida Gators. I, I think every team should have an all-black uniform, personally. I, I it, it, There's no way it can't look clean, you know? I guess, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in the minority when I say this, but I, I love the alligator skin uh, that they wore under Jim McElwain, uh, and everybody hated them, but I thought they looked cool. At least they were gator, you know, related. Black has nothing to do with gators. <laughs> yeah, it, it is one of those that you're going to cater to the, the to the kids for sure because the kids love any new swag. We just had Andy Burcham on, and he, you know, he, he – the voice of the Auburn Tigers, and he was like, man, I asked him about the blue-on-blue -blue Auburn practice gear. He's like, the traditionalist hate it. He's a fan of it because it's a little different swag, but the kids, man, if you can swag them out in that jump man black on black, you know they're going to go forward and jump on the opportunity to be a part of something like that. I'll make sure to tell Billy Napier to send my swag box because uh, if that's what it's about, I mean, I'll just take part in it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Florida, when you look at their quarterback situation, that's the question in the SEC. What way are the Florida Gators going to lean at quarterback? Because Alabama has no clue. Auburn has no clue. When you look there at Georgia, Georgia knows who they want to go with. But in the SEC East, the Gators – who are they going to lean on and bite on to take their talent to Gainesville and lead the Florida Gators to possibly contending, hopefully, for that SEC West title? Yeah, I mean, Florida would love to have uh, Alabama and Georgia's problem where, you know, it's because they don't know who they want, um, you know, to, to play. It's not because of a necessity. And, you know, that's where Florida's at. It's Graham Mertz. They're this, that's the starting quarterback. And, and, it's, and it's because that's their option. I mean, uh, they brought him in as a transfer quarterback to be the starting quarterback. And, and that's what he is. Um, you know, Jack Miller is the, is the backup. He struggled a ton in the bowl game, was brought in from Ohio State, and, and hasn't really, you know, gotten better. So, uh, uh, it's Graham Mertz's job. That's his job, and, and he's going to be the starting quarterback. Uh, Max Brown will, will probably be that guy that's the, the guy that will come in and, and play if Graham was to have a serious injury or anything like that. Um, uh, but Jack Miller will be the, the backup quarterback, and, and Graham Mertz will be your starter. What would you say, you know, so you got the top of the SEC, right? Georgia, Alabama, LSU, their season goal, getting to the playoffs and contend for a championship. Is that the Florida Gators goal or, or what is their goal for this season? Well, I, you know, in my opinion, your goal always has got to be to win a championship. That's right, that's if, right. if not, what's the point of playing? Um, but, you know, when you, when you really dive into this, expectations for this team should not be to win a championship. Uh, expectations for this team should be to improve on last year. They were 6-6, six and six, went to a bowl game. Uh, 
you know, lost to your all your rivals. You, you, you've got to improve on that. And, you know, Billy Napier has the top three recruiting class right now in the country, uh, he, headed headlined by uh, quarterback commit uh, DJ Lagway, and, and they need to hold on to this class. And so, it's showing improvement, whether that's seven and five, whether that's eight and four, um, or whether that's six and six again, you can improve and still be the same record. Sure. Um, they have to improve defensively under Austin Armstrong. Uh, they were a mess last year defensively, uh, and then offensively, the passing game has got to improve some. Uh, I don't know how much it can improve with Graham Mertz, but it's got to improve some. I think it can definitely improve if you stick Shamar James in there. He's that type of dog. Faith Academy's finest from right here in Mobile, Alabama, having an opportunity. Coach Napier spoke tremendously high of him at SEC Media Days. And when you come in and you're already an SEC all-freshman type player, academically and on the field, I know he can be that alpha dog and make a difference for the Florida Gators defense. Yeah, and he can. And, and you know, when you when you talk about Shamar with anybody around the program, it, there's nothing but high praise. Now, he's a guy who, who knows the playbook like the back of his hand, knows where everybody's supposed to be, is that leader of the defense that you want out of your linebacker, uh, a linebacker that can play all three downs, uh, is a guy, you know, I mean, we all know what he can do on the offensive side of the ball in high school. Uh, so he has the ability to play all three, has the ability to cover, you know, the tight end or running back or receiver, whoever it may be in, in coverage. Uh, but he also has the ability to go down and get nasty uh, in between the tackles if need be uh, on a run. And so uh, they're, they're, they're being very careful with him right now with his lower body injury, uh, not forcing him back because he, he can get the middle reps and be okay. Uh, you know, the, the live reps aren't as important. If today was a game day, he'd play. Uh, but they're not going to push him right now because they need his leadership uh, from from a standpoint of knowing, having everybody know what they need to do. But also, they need his playmaking ability at that linebacker spot. Speaking with Andrew Spivey, recruiting and football analyst for GatorCountry.com, does a phenomenal job covering the Florida Gators program. Now, when you look at the Florida Gators schedule, I know that you have Utah coming right off of the jump. And last year, that game was pretty exciting and fun to watch. And, and I know that that's one that a lot of people are saying, look, Billy Napier doesn't want to have trouble two years in a row with the Utah Utes. So what are you expecting when the Florida Gators take on Utah? Yeah, I mean, Utah's a top 15 team, you know, coming into the season. So, you know, when you look at that, you, you know, you, you think this is going to be a tough game. Uh, Cam Rising you know, is coming back from a torn ACL. Um, you know, his status is kind of up in the air. I, I, you know, I believe that uh, they, they said last week that he still was not uh, – fully healthy to get into practice uh, and that he was just doing walkthroughs right now. Uh, their backup quarterback uh, mess, uh, had a uh, punctured kidney uh, so he's out for a couple weeks. Uh, so they, they may be playing a walk on it quarterback uh, when it comes to their first game against Florida and, and it's going to be a tough game. Florida's got to go to Utah, face that environment, face that altitude out there. Uh, Florida kind of needs all the help they can get uh, even though I'm sure Billy Napier would like to say, hey, I want to play them at their best. Florida and Utah, then you look at McNeese State, and then, of course, the big one with Tennessee to open up SEC play. If Florida can come in to the Tennessee game 2-0, and I think that, you know, where do you think Florida Gators' mentality will be on saying, look, we know where Tennessee's program is. They, they are where we want to be, but then you have Charlotte. So let's just say 
Worst case scenario, Florida does defeat Utah. Florida defeats McNeese, loses to Tennessee, but beats Charlotte. And then Kentucky comes a call in. A 3-1 and one Florida Gator team getting ready to play Kentucky. Is, is that good things or bad things getting ready to occur for Billy Napier? I think if everybody if everybody around the program was told they could be three and one heading into that game, they'd all probably take it. Um, you know, when you when you again when you talk about the Utah game, it's a tough game it's from a road trip standpoint, from a talent standpoint, it's a tough game. And then that Tennessee game, it's going to be a tough game. I mean, we'll see. You know, obviously everyone's hyping up Joe Milton and, and what he can do. Last time Joe Milton came to the swamp, the Gators beat him. So, uh, you know, we got you got to kind of remember that as well. What will he do? What will that offense be like with him? Uh, so if you, you said three and one they they would absolutely take it I, you know i say this and I, I don't know if everybody would agree with me i think most people would that tennessee game is more important than the utah game it not only is an sec game but it's a rivalry game florida fans do not like tennessee fans and tennessee does not like florida so winning that tennessee game is a big one for billy napier as as they continue to take that step forward and as i kind of said improve on last year by beating some of your rivals so would you say that this is a make-or-break year for Billy Napier? I mean, you just said they went 0-4 against all of their big rivals last year. Uh, you said, you know, realistically they could go 6-6 six and six and show improvements, but would that be enough? Like, are we trusting the process with Billy Napier, or does he have to really prove himself? Billy Napier has a leash that's long right now. Um, they're, they're, they, they hired him knowing the program was in the dumpster. The roster was in the dumpster. They had to improve. They, they, Billy Napier was very upfront and honest with those guys that he had a process of what he wanted to do. He had a step-by-step process of what he wanted to do. And so far, he's hitting on all of those. So I, I don't. it's not a make-or-break year at all. I think it's a big year for Billy Napier because of the standpoint of he has such a great recruiting class. If you just absolutely tank on the field, guys will defect from your recruiting class. And then that sets you back further. Um, that, that's why I kind of say it's just such a big year for him, um, not from a uh, job standpoint. I mean, he's as safe as can be right now. Uh, there's no pressure. Uh, you know, even the fan base understands, hey, it's going to be an up-and-down season. It's going to be an up-and-down season next year. You're going to probably play a freshman quarterback. Andrew Spivey, recruiting football analyst for GatorCountry.com. And what kind of recruiting magic does it do when you see former Gators quarterback Anthony Richardson be named QB1 by the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you when you talk about Florida, you know, you, you, everybody at quarterback spot wants to go to Tim Tebow, and you know, Anthony Richardson's kind of taking a little bit of that, you know, hype, and and, and it's a good thing for Florida. And the, you know, I think the biggest thing for Florida is not only did Anthony Richardson get named QB one, but he's still actively recruiting and helping the Florida Gators program, you know, get guys. Uh, him and DJ Lagway, the commit in this class, they talk all the time. He was very instrumental in getting Lagway to commit to Florida. Um, so have. Having the hype, seeing him on TV, and then having him call your phone and recruit for you is such a huge deal for Florida. Um, and, and again, hopefully he can have success on the field. I will say for Colt fans, be patient with him. It's, it's going to be a up-and-down process for Anthony as, as he still only started 13 games in his career. It's going to be an up-and-down process, but he's a guy that's not going to embarrass you off the field. Great character guy uh, and, and should be a, NFL, a good NFL quarterback down the road. Well, I'll tell you, down the road is high school football, your your former school, the MGM Vikings, along right. with my man Nick Wiggins Spell here. Backwards. Looking for some 
continued improvement out there in West Mobile and Sims, Alabama. How about those Vikings finishing up last year with the winning record in preseason number nine in seven A football? Skull Vikings, uh, Coach Golson and those guys, and uh, props to those guys. Incredible, incredible job by those guys last year. Um, an incredible job, you know, keeping those guys. And this is the biggest problem for those guys. You know, you have guys that want to defect from your program. So credit those guys for keeping everyone there. And uh, best of luck this year. Uh, go get them. I mean, you, when you when you talk about Jared Hollins and those guys, they got some playmakers in Sims, and I'm excited for Coach Golson and, and those guys. And hope they can uh, continue to have success and, and build on last year. I, I, you know, everybody wants the high expectations. Just build on last year. Keep that excitement and, and momentum going. Absolutely. Andrew, how can people follow all your tremendous Florida Gators coverage, whether it's recruiting, whether it's right here when the season gets ready to start? And again, that looks like to be an August 31st kickoff. Everybody else is having to wait till September 2nd to really see that Saturday football, but Florida and Utah on August 31st. Your coverage there of high school recruits that are committing and, and thinking about coming to Florida as well, it doesn't get any better. How can people follow it? Yeah, at Andrew Spivey GC on Twitter and at Gator Country on the, on the web. And, it, yeah, like you said, that Thursday night game it should be fun. should be a fun football season and a fun high school season. Andrew, can't thank you enough, my friend, for joining us here on the final drive and working a little overtime on WNSP, the AM and the PM shift this morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely, Corey. Thanks for having me on. Andrew Spivey joining us here on the final drive. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Julian Zeus McClurkin with the world famous Harlem Globetrotters, and my favorite station is WNSP Sports Radio 105.5 FM. Welcome back to the final drive. Myself, Nick Wiggins, and Corey LeBounty here. Look, I know people like to gripe and complain when we talk NBA basketball, right? But look, you're going to get some of that later on in the show with WNSP Now Live, myself and Steven Root doing the double team. But let's talk a little New York Knicks. And I'm not talking about the basketball team, Corey. Is it good bow or bad bow that is featured in New York City now? Which one is it, do you uh, think? Hopefully the good bow, right? So uh, in Manhattan, they got a giant billboard. Bo Nix is the star of the billboard donning his Oregon Ducks uniform. What is this, a Nike ad or something? It's just the Oregon Ducks saying, look, we got some money okay. and we want to spend it. Right. And he's bodacious is what they're saying. Now, Auburn fans, you know, we didn't touch on this with Andy Bertram when we talked about him because, again, his dad, Patrick Nix, one of the former Auburn greats at quarterback. But Bo Nix being featured on that huge billboard in Manhattan, provided by the Oregon Ducks. The last Oregon Duck that was on that was Joey Harrington across the street from Madison Square Garden. So Joey Harrington is one of those quarterbacks you're kind of like, oh, yeah, I do remember that guy from Penn State or Oregon or wherever Joey Harrington. When you hear that name, you're like, oh, okay. But Bo Nix is one. When you see the visual 
really I think what Oregon's trying to do is kind of promote him for Heisman and mm-hmm. give you that, look, you see him in New York City now. You'll see him in New York City for the Heisman sure, Trophy sure. Tra- presentation later on in January. But it, it's odd, though, right? It, it's, I mean, it's very odd, very odd when you look at at, at the, the billboard of Bo Nix. But I, I think that when he transferred, that was the best thing that Bo Nix could have done for himself at Auburn because – we see where where that dumpster fire wound up going with Auburn. But Bo Nix, he throws for 3,593 yards and on top of 29 passing touchdowns a year ago for Oregon. I mean, some people are really high on the Oregon Ducks this year. And if Bo Nix can have, you know, that's what confuses me. I see that the North Carolina quarterback, he's ranked really high in that top 100 on ESPN that just came out. He's not, they say he's a Heisman front runner. I'm just going to be up front with you. He's not going to win it because North Carolina isn't going to finish in the upper echelon of teams. But Oregon's getting a little bit of that type of buzz. So if Bo Nix can have a really stellar year, he definitely could be in that conversation. Yeah, I I think it's huge for Bo Nix because you say, look, Marcus Mariota and Bo Nix, when you start looking at Oregon quarterbacks in the past, that's huge for him to have the opportunity to even be recognized. And I know he's on Jim Nagy's Senior Bowl watch list. And now he's on the citizens that walk the streets of Manhattan's watch list because you can't miss a massive billboard that has Bo Nix's picture on it blown up on Manhattan's streets. Man, you you never know what you're going to find on Manhattan. A big Bo Nix billboard, a guy dressed as Elmo smoking a cigarette. It's it's interesting out there. But you know what was interesting? Earlier in the show, we had a special guest that we teased, Bradley Bozeman, the starting center for the Carolina Panthers, former Alabama center. And look, when an interview is so nice, you got to play it twice. So... Coming here at the top of the hour. We'll come back. We'll preview it a little bit before we play it again. But we've got to let you guys hear it if you didn't hear it in that first hour. Bradley Bozeman joining us on the final drive. Doesn't get any better than that, Nick Wiggins. And we'll let people hear all about it. Hour number three of the final drive. You don't want to miss it. Coming up next here on WNSP 105.5. The Sound of Mobile presents For the, win. the final drive. No, they didn't. Oh, my gracious. Yeah. How about that? With Corey Labounty and Nick Wiggins. For the win. Yes. Live on 105.5 FM and streaming on the Sound of Mobile app. Oh, oh, unbelievable. Welcome to hour number three of the final drive. Don't forget, coming up at 5.30, WNSP's now double-team podcast. Nick Wiggins and Steven Root 
bringing you all the NBA action right at 5.30. But here at 5 o'clock, we're starting off the hour reminding everyone tomorrow at this time, you can join us at Heroes on Hillcrest. We'll be celebrating WNSP's 30th anniversary fall football party at Heroes on Hillcrest. You'll be able to come out, register for that 65-inch smart television courtesy of Bailey's TV and Mattress, along with that 360-degree leather recliner from Barrow Fine Furniture, a great man cave prize package that it's going to be given away. You must be present right. in order to win it. Yeah. As, and that's the key. That's right. And we'll be doing that drawing in the final segment of the final drive. So you need to be there around that 540, time. Because if your name's called and you're not there, we're pulling the next one. But look, even if your name doesn't get called for that, we're, we have T-shirts to give away. Uh, Robert Brazil, NFL Hall of Famer. Sherman Williams, Alabama running back, going to be there. Richie Riley, we've got some South Alabama football players coming. Bring your kids. You know they'd love to meet some D1 college football players, right? Uh, You just don't want to miss it. But look, if you did miss our interview from earlier in the show with Bradley Bozeman, the Carolina Panthers center and former Alabama center, we're going to play that for you again right here. So we'll take a little break, but you'll still be hearing us, but, you know, from the past. So here it is. We got Carolina Panthers center Bradley Bozeman with us. Bradley, how you doing, man? What's up, Man, absolutely blessed by the best. And I tell you this, Bradley, being a, a, a good guy from Roanoke, Alabama, brother, you, you, you love the outdoors. But has in your lifetime it ever been this hot while you're playing football? Absolutely. You know, growing up in Alabama, those, those hot days, uh, I remember high school ball, JV ball, I mean, all the way through. It's, I, don't, I don't feel like the, the heat is going anywhere, so. You're, you're, you're like uh, uh, in that Batman movie where they're like, you know, the darkness, I was born in it. Like, this heat's nothing to you. You know, you've been handling it your whole life. Pretty, pretty much. That's what it is. You know, it's uh, I grew up in it. You know, I worked uh, with my dad in HVAC, uh, in air conditioning business, under houses, in attics, you know, all that kind of stuff all growing up. So, um, you know, it's just kind of one of those things. You just deal with it and move on. It's ironic that the people who work on the air conditioning units are probably the ones that sweat the most. Uh, Bradley, tell us a little bit about your foundation, man. Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, uh, and right now we're specializing in food insecurity. Uh, in the last two years, we've done about million meals. Uh, it's been an amazing project. Uh, we actually do what's called it's called a sink snack box. Think stands for supporting your neighbors and communities. And those food boxes are packed with the Oreos and ravioli and Nutri-Grain bars and um, you know, gummy bears, all kind of different stuff for kids to eat. Um, and they're, the boxes are QR codes uh, for school resources, for after-school programs, for uh, further food insecurity um and different things like that. Um, And then those boxes are packed and put in the back of squad cars, and the police officers actually distribute those to the these, uh, making sure kids have, have, you know, at least a a good meal and all that kind of stuff. And also at the same time, that allows them to create an olive branch with those kids and, you know, be able to offer them something without asking for anything in return, you know, online and 
in social media, all you see is, you know, cops are bad guys, cops are this, this, that, and the other. And it's an opportunity for, for the police officers to really be able to to reach out and show us, like, it's not, like, we're not the bad guys. We're here to protect and serve. So um, it, it's been an outstanding program for us. We're speaking with Bradley Bozeman, center for the Carolina Panthers. And, of course, Bradley and his wife, Nikki, give back to the community, have done so in their time at Baltimore, traveled the country in their RV, giving back. Of course, Bradley being a former team captain for the 2018 National Championship, University of Alabama Crimson Tide. And when you have an opportunity to give back, Bradley, when you see the smiles on the kids' faces, whether it's in Baltimore or Carolina currently, I know your wife, a former University of Alabama basketball player as well. But going out and serving the community, whether it's Habitat for Humanity, whether it's the anti-bullying campaign, what made you say, look, I really want to serve. I know my wife wants to be a server. I just want to give back to the communities. We've just been given such a huge platform, you know, just such such on a national scale and to be able to go into these communities to go and help kids and people that are that are in need is just something that we're really passionate about. Started actually in Alabama and we were asked to send a video to this little girl that was getting bullied. Um, little girl was, you know, I mean she she'd be everything that I would want my daughter to be. You know, she was smart, she was athletic. Um, you know, she she was just everything you would you would want your kid to be, and uh, the only thing that was different about her was her race, and she was being bullied because of that. Um, so you said we said you know what we'll come down there we'll talk we'll talk to the kids and the girl getting bullied and, and um, we'll see you know see what we can talk some sense and um, help some kids out and then we get there and my wife out and he says hey I hope you don't mind we set up an entire school assembly um, and I'm at the time not a social anything like that and uh so i'm i'm sitting there shaking my head no and my wife said sitting over there saying yeah we'll do it. we'd love to do it and uh the you know the work we got in there and the work started flowing and the motion started roll, rolling and we uh we got back to the car and it's like this is what we're supposed to do we're supposed to help people we're supposed to you know love on people and you know help them along their journeys because we've give, been given such a blessed hand uh in this life and so that that's really how we got our start um, you know, our, our parents are very philanthropic people as well, and I always love to help any way they can. So I think we both got, got our roots from that. Bradley is the starting center for the Carolina Panthers. It's no secret, especially around here. Y'all got y'all's new quarterback of the future, another Alabama alum like yourself, Bryce Young. What has that been like having him uh, in the huddle with you? Right. You know, Bryce is a, a very intelligent guy great quarterback he's got a great arm he's number one draft pick and he's that he's that way for a reason so um, it's gonna be an exciting year this year for sure Bradley, we're located here in Mobile, Alabama. Of course, you frequent in Mobile, Alabama during a very pivotal part in your draft process, the Reese's Senior Bowl. I know that was back in 2018, but talk a little bit about your time here and being a part of the Reese's Senior Bowl and how it helped you prepare for your NFL drafting by the Baltimore Ravens. Invite to the Senior Bowl, that was, that was a big step. That was a, a big wish list for us. But you know we're we're really excited about it because that's it's real football. You know it's it's not you're not in your pajamas running around, you know seeing how fast you can run. You're actually playing football. 
come down there. You know, it was, it was a great time. Get to show off in front of some coaches. You know, I, I had a, a great experience. And, like, you know, I really showed what kind of player I was. And not, not just, you know, the Alabama system guy that I'm, I'm an actual football player. So I, I think it was great for my recruitment. Stock and you know it was it was a great time down there. So you guys were doing uh, dual practices last week, right, uh, with the New York Jets, and some people are saying the New York Jets they might have the best defensive line in football. What did you guys and the rest of the offensive line learn from going up against talent like that throughout the week? We I feel like in practice we really got after them. It was a it was a good good competitive battles back and forth and unfortunately we didn't we didn't play so hot when it came to the game and you know we got some things to fix and and correct and uh, you know we're we're looking forward to doing that. Yeah. So. so there's there's one guy that you didn't block though when Aaron Rodgers came over and was uh, harassing and bullying your offensive line coach. What was that all about? <laughs> Aaron and Aaron and uh, Coach Camp go way back. There within there, and they, I think they're buddies, so they got some, some, uh, came back in there, and they're just messing around, so. I have, do have a question for you because, again, when you're looking for that soulmate and you found your soulmate and your wife, Nikki, and you guys have so much of the same mentality in regards to giving back and making things better for the youth, which one was scarier for you, playing in the national championship game third and 26 or getting on that knee afterwards and proposing to her? Which one was more scarier to you? I was pretty confident in both of them, to be honest there with you. you. Uh, if, if, if I wasn't, I would. I don't think I would have been there. But uh, it was definitely it was, that was such a cool moment. It was. We go from you know we win the national championship, and I I hadn't told anybody at that point that I was what I was going to do. Besides the person who was holding the ring, and then our head athletic trainer Jeff Jeff and. It was such a such a cool moment. It happened so fast, and right at the end, I told all my guys that this is what I'm about to do, and they're all over there. So it was a cool moment there. Well, Bradley, also, I have a question for you in regards to becoming a father because becoming a father changes your life and changes your mentality. I know our very own Triple G, Nick Wiggins, who who called you on the other side of the phone, he's getting ready to become a father right. himself for the first time. And becoming a first-time father and going back to Father's Day, the very special, heartfelt Father's Day gift that you received, I know it was near and dear to you. And the difference, talk to us about the difference becoming a father has made in your life it's, it's kind of it's kind of crazy you didn't think you would you could really love someone that much and, and care for them and you know it's just it's I'm, I'm racing on now to get back to him to be able to hang out with him so um you know it, it's just something special and you can't really describe it to someone in words it's just it's a feeling and it's uh just it's something it's something that was missing out of your life that you didn't know was missing um and just i mean there you wake up in the morning with a smile you could have the worst day ever and come home in the afternoon and you just do nothing but smile and, and look and play and um you know it's just it's really really something special you got okay so like Corey said i got one on the way we got a due date uh here at the back end of october you got any advice for me man 
Get some good sleep. Okay. Uh, <laughs> get some good sleep now for sure. Uh, you know, grind it out in the first you know month, two months, whatever it is for you, and then hopefully things start start to get a, a little bit easier as you progress and figure it out. So. One of the things. There's no no wrong way to do it. It, right. it, absolutely no wrong way to, to get that extra sleep. Bradley Bozeman, our guest this afternoon here on the final drive. Bradley being kind enough with his time, coming off of Carolina Panthers practice this afternoon. And Bradley, I, I know, what do you do outside of your foundation and, and playing with your son to take your mind away from football? Because again, here it is, football is just getting ready to start and hopefully you guys will, will make a long run and a long push through a long NFL season. In, but what occupies your time mentally and physically to keep your mind right and keep your mind sane? So really, I, I spend a lot of time with my family. Um, I'm a big family man. I love having my family in town for games or whatever it is. Um, and then, you know, getting out on the boat, going fishing, um, hunting anytime, any excuse I have to get in the outdoors, I, I take it. So, um, but yeah, I, I definitely say mostly with my family. I know my, my wife plays a huge role in my, my mental aspect of the game and just, uh, just keeping me sane during the season. So, uh, so yeah. Well, look, so, you know, this is obviously we're in Mobile, Alabama. This is Alabama football country right here. Do you have any uh, maybe unheard, untold Nick Saban story that you can share with everybody? Um, untold. I don't have one right off the, the cusp, but, uh, but I just I know he was he was a great my life and great great teacher great leader um you know i definitely wouldn't have wanted to play for anyone else so the expectations it, you know in alabama of course we don't have that franchise professional franchise alabama and auburn are our professional franchises when you look at football but we're getting ready to kick off high school football here in the state of alabama a lot of jamborees and scrimmages happening this friday night and of course next week starts week number one of high school football what kind of feelings or emotions did you have running out of that tunnel on Friday nights and what advice would you give to the student athletes here that are listening in the Mobile Baldwin County areas about their high school football career and how to enjoy it no other experience like it you know, that, that sounds cliche but um, you know you're, you're not you'll never be in a, a place in your life where you're playing with all your friends uh, a place where you know everyone around you that you knew where they grew up where they came from you know who they were who they were really um, and you know you you just don't you don't get that kind of personal relationship with all your teammates like that so my biggest thing is soak it in enjoy it out at it and just make some memories with your friends that you'll you'll never forget i mean some of, some of my favorite memories are from high school football you just you never forget that and you always hang on to that you know football football doesn't last forever so make something while you while you can well, Bradley, we can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule, but we want everyone to know again through 
the Bradley and Nikki Foundation, you, you have the Bozeman Foundation that you have with your wife that's so very important to you and to so many others. If, if people want to know more about it, because we have plenty of Alabama Crimson Tide fans here, of football fans here. Panthers it, fans Panthers now. Panthers fans now as well that would love to give back and pour in to your foundation and learn more about that. How can people learn more about your foundation? Us anywhere on social media at uh, bozemanfoundation.com. Or sorry, on on social media is uh, but if you want to Google us online, it's bozemancharity.com, and that brings you straight to our site. It has all of our information, all the donate links, all the upcoming uh, projects that we're working on, all the things we've done in the past, pictures, uh, stories, testimonies. It, 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 they've done a really good job with the site. Um, and it's you know it's something you definitely should check out. So it's bozemancharity.com. Man, what a great interview! Super grateful for his time. Uh, but look, Corey, we're we're about to wrap it up here. It's been a pretty good show. I'm not getting out of here. You get to leave early. I'm jealous, but not really because I get to talk NBA hoops with my guy Stephen Root on our double team live edition. But look, we're going to come back. We'll wrap it up and we'll drop a little more information about our big party tomorrow that you have to come out to. Hey, this is Buckets Blakes from the world-famous Harlem Globetrotters, and you're listening to WNSP in Mobile. Welcome back to the final drive. Bradley Bozeman. Want to thank him for joining us, the starting center for the Carolina Panthers, along with national champion at the Alabama Crimson Tide. Andy Burcham, the voice of the Auburn Tigers, along with Andrew Spiver, GatorCountry.com, joining us. And again, coming up next, the double team. And tomorrow, don't want to miss Heroes, WNSP 30th anniversary fall football party at Heroes at Hillcrest. You don't want to miss that for certain. We look forward giveaways, T-shirts, special guests. You want to make sure that you're at Heroes so you can win that man cave. Courtesy of Bailey's TV and Mattress 65-inch TV on top of a leather recliner from Barrow Fine Furniture. Can't thank you enough for tuning in to the final drive. Coming up next, the double team, Nick Wiggins and Steven Root. This is Mayor Sandy Stimson. You're listening to Sports Radio 105.5 FM WNSP.